Welcome to the My Money, My Lifestyle podcast with me, Maya Fisher-French. And with me, Mapalomaku. Each week, we'll be discussing the stories we're working on and which you can read more about in the City Press. So to celebrate Mother's Day, which is on Sunday, uh, Mapalo and I are both mums. So we know what it's like to be a mother. Um, we know what it's like to raise children. And Mapalo, I must just tell you this week, my son turns 20. <laughs> I've had 20 years experience of being a mom. Can you believe it? I don't feel old enough to have a 20 year old child. That is a long child. time. That's a long time. And, <laughs> and you, don't look, you don't look any, anything like you have a 20 year old. <laughs> you know, I don't know because I'm been getting called mama all the time at the shops and stuff. And I'm, I'm, I'm worrying now. I think it's maybe because my hair is, needs, needs like, you know, color and stuff. Maybe it's the lockdown. <laughs> I'm getting called mama a lot. <laughs> Uh, but you know, I, I, I find raising, I mean, I've got a 20 year old and a 16 year old and, you know, raising as a parent, you know, you've, you're trying to raise your children within some kind of value system. And I find that very hard. It's becoming increasingly hard in this materialistic world where people are judged not by the content of their character, but by their exterior image um, and what they wear and what phone they have and what car they drive. And, and I think for us as moms, the big challenge is how do we raise our children to be financially sensible people, appreciate how much they have, and I think also making sure our finances are intact and that we're not just spending tons of money on them because we feel guilty. I mean, you're, you're a mom of a four-year-old, so you've got all of this ahead of you. <laughs> Maya, it's already here, okay? Um, I mean, he's four, but I definitely can relate to the fact that, you know, as a parent, first and foremost, you have pressure from other parents, right? Because you see that they buy their kids um, the latest iPad, they have TVs in their rooms. You know, some of the things that I have decided not to do with my son, I see that my peers and some of the people I know have bought their, their, their kids these things. And sometimes my son does say, uh, but mommy, so-and-so has a TV in, in his room. And I say, well, you have a TV in the living room. <laughs> you know, so some of these things already, the pressure is there. But I guess, again, going back to what you said, Maya, is that you have your own value systems and things that you do want to teach your children and you just have to stick to your guns, I guess. And how do you have, I mean, I suppose for a four-year-old, it's still very young. Um, but I suppose one has to be ready to have those conversations. And, and I, I think it starts with you as a family. So whether it's whether you're married and, and it's you and your husband or, you know, it's just you on your own, it is about, I think, understanding your own value system and, and, and being quite clear about that up front i mean have you if you had those discussions in your family i mean do you have an understanding about what about how you want to raise your son financially no absolutely absolutely maya i mean uh, my husband and i we discuss money and i think i said this last week already that we budget if we're gonna go on holiday we budget for it if we are thinking of having another child we look at the budget and say can we actually afford to have another child or not and if we are deciding on sending our child to school, um, we say, okay, which school can we afford? And we don't just look at what we can afford this year, but we look at how we can afford um, well into his teens, right? So even the way we handle our finances around him, for example, um, I think it was in the article I told you that um, he wanted a watch because, I mean, he's a child and he, he walks through a store and he'll notice something he likes. And I said to him, okay, how much does this thing cost? 
do you know how much it costs? And we came back home. I told him it cost 100 bucks. And we went through the meds and said, I mean, he's four years old. So I had to make sure that it's age appropriate, first of all. But I teaching him that, you know what, you can't just see something and want to get it. And you said you, you, you made him actually do his plates, wash his plates and stuff to actually earn the money to get the watch. So he understands that kind of this, this isn't, that money doesn't grow on trees. Sort of thing. <laughs> but remember, even in the article, I didn't want to put words like that or phrases like money doesn't grow on trees or um, money's hard to come by. But I said, you know what, you have to earn your money. You have to earn um, money so that you can save and also that you can spend. So I put the 50 bucks on the table. <laughs> I told him that money only has 50 bucks for this watch instead of a hundred bucks. So he needs to earn the other 50 rand so that he can go buy this watch. And for three weeks, you know, he, he did, uh, he washed his dish every day. He would step on his chair and wash his little dish. And that's how it goes. But I think instilling those uh, lessons from early on is very, very, very important. I love the thing that you also said. You said, you know, don't talk about, um, you know, that you, money doesn't grow on trees. First of all, money does grow on trees because it's made from paper. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I must share with you the biggest mistake I ever made with my sons. So, so my youngest was, I think, six years old when we went through a bit of a financial difficulty and we had, to, we were actually also moving at that point down to Cape Town. So we were selling our house. Um, money was a bit tight. So I canceled extramurals and I was obviously walking around saying <laughs> the wrong things. Like we can't afford that. You're not getting this. And you know, the one, yeah, the one day my son, we were, we were playing a board game or something, nothing to do with money. It was just some game. And he started, I think it was a storytelling game and he had to tell a story with each picture he saw. And every time he saw a picture, he related it to money. So it was like, oh, that woman's so poor. She only has a mirror. That woman's so poor. She has to live in a car. That woman's a... And I thought, hmm, yeah. And I'm like, hold on. And I start asking him a bit more and he burst into tears. And I realized he thought we were going, that we were selling our house because we, we were going to go and live in a car. That was his whole mind had somewhere and I realized as, as a mom that I have to be very careful about my own financial stress so if I'm feeling a bit stressed out and worried and I do stress out quite easily probably way before most people stress out about money um, I, I mustn't pass that on to my kids I, I mustn't make I mustn't give them the fear of money that I was raised with because I was raised, um, my, I was 16, my father died and left us completely and utterly financially devastated. And we did lose our house. We lost everything. Uh, we literally sold our furniture to buy food. So I lived through that experience. And obviously that experience has fed a certain amount of fear of our money, my stories. And I realized I was doing the same thing to my kids, even though I was nowhere near losing my house. I was passing on that fear. Um, and what I did then, I, 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 I started to explain to my son and I actually just took like little tokens or you could use it from any board game, I suppose, anything like maybe um, noughts and crosses or, you know, um, checkers or whatever that you've got little tokens. And I said, look, this is the money that mom earns. And this is how much I need to spend on food. And this is how much I need to spend on this and that. And, you know, when I say I don't have money for toys, it means that I've spent the money on food and on rent and on all these other things. And it was just trying to explain how that worked. And I said, and I do have a pile of money that I save up for Christmas, which of course he liked. And, and so I started to really talk to him a little bit more about planning, but I really had to work on my language um, and, and making sure that I don't 
you know, I don't hand that fear over. And, and I subsequently, when my, my husband um, left a company he was working for and decided to go on his own, we went back again. We're forever moving in between <laughs> dual and, and single salaries in this family. And we sat down with the kids and we said, don't worry, we've got this. We have the emergency fund. We have our retirement funds. We're okay. So that we didn't make the same mistake that we made when, when they were younger. Yeah, Maya, I absolutely love that. Um, it really just goes to show, you know what, the, we should not pass on the fear we have about money onto our kids. And I think in the article also, I did mention that our kids are forever watching. They are forever hearing us. Even unconsciously, you cannot, even if sometimes you're not doing it actively or intentionally, they are watching us. But I think it also brings me to your point in your article, Maya, about us as parents wanting to become financially free as well, becoming financially independent. Because I think what we do most of the time as parents, you want to give the kids the best of the best of the best and you forget about yourself, you don't have enough for yourself and later on you don't even have money for retirement and it's a vicious cycle now <laughs> that they have to take care of you. I know, I think I think I said that in the article where, you know, I, I know this is a friend of mine I'm talking about here who said to me, I don't have a retirement annuity. But she spends about 600 rand a month on, on presents for her kids, just toys. Like outside of birthdays, everything. She just buys Lego or whatever. 600 rand a month that could easily go into a savings account. Um, and, and there is that thing where it's, and I think as mothers, we're really bad at that. We just want to give our kids the best of everything. But what we don't realize is what we're doing to them. Um, both, I think, in teaching them about lack of money skills, but in in being dependent on them in our retirement. And also the fact that they think that, you know what, whenever they ask for anything, it appears, and they will don't have that sense of, you know what, I am responsible for whatever my parents give me. So anytime I can go to mom and dad, I know that they will give me absolutely everything. And the, and the world doesn't work like that, Maya. No, it doesn't. And I don't think you, and I, I think you're also undermining your child. You know, I always think people, I had a woman saying to me, I don't understand the point of pocket money because I can give my child whatever they need. And I'm like, well, that's like saying, I don't see the point of going to school or learning anything. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, you know, because actually pocket money and financial skills start at home. Um, and I've really been such a believer that pocket money is, is the most important way to teach your children. Um, it doesn't matter that you could go and buy them whatever they want. In managing pocket money and learning how to save towards something, about the costs of things, about being exactly reward um, that you work for towards something, all of those aspects. And I mean, I don't know, have you started with pocket money yet? No, no, no. He doesn't get any money right now. Um, he, we only have a couple of notes that we do give him and he has to put it in his safe and, you know, he picks up coins around the house and he knows that, oh, okay, mommy, I want money. It's going into my blue piggy bank, which you've seen in my house. <laughs> yeah, so I, I suppose it's, it, one of the questions I always get is when do you start pocket money? And um, I think even you, maybe four, I suppose once they can start counting. So you could, I suppose, give him something every week that he knows he can go and, and buy sweets or, you know, especially, you know, I don't know, when they go to school and there's a tuck shop money. And so there's just that sense. Yeah, there, there isn't a tuck mm. shop yet. Where he goes, there's no, no tuck shop, shop yet. yet. <laughs> <laughs> no. What I always found when my kids were little, they loved handing money in and then getting the change and then counting it. And I, of course, that's just good math skills because now they're learning like you're given a 10 rand note and you get coins back and how much then did it cost and, um, and those sorts of things. But 
what I also found was, was as my kids got a bit older, so my, my younger one, my oldest son is not a big spender. My little one, yeah, you know what his biggest, his biggest dream in life, he said to me once, is I just want to come home and have a huge box outside the door full of gadgets. <laughs> That's his dream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so teaching... Teaching him about money is quite important. And I remember we would, you know, he would get money, he'd get his pocket money each week. And he honestly hadn't, it had no value to him unless it was turned into some cheap junk Chinese rubbish. You know, he had to buy something with it immediately. Otherwise it was no value. I remember though, when the Mandela notes came out, he kind of thought they were quite cool. Um, But other than that, money really had to turn into something. It was only when I opened a bank account for him. So he must've been, I think eight or nine when we opened a bank account for him and that changed everything. Because suddenly this money started having numbers and, and it had a value and he could see it on his app. You see, and he loved it because they love the banking app. And and now he's... Ah, so it's more of a gadget yeah, guy. Yeah, the gadget guy loved, you know, it's banking and you can see it there and all of this. And that that changed it. And suddenly we went, he started actually saving towards things. And, and then what I found was that he'd saved towards something and it may take him six months to get there. But then when he got there, he realized he didn't want it anymore. And, uh, and how many of us buy something on our credit card, paid off for six months, and by the time we've paid it off, actually, it wasn't probably worth spending on the first place. That novelty has completely worn off. Exactly, exactly. So I think kids can learn that as well, that actually maybe what you want, you actually don't want. So that's the delayed gratification, like let's have time to think about what I actually want. You know, Maya, for me, I learned that lesson from my, from my mom as well. Uh, both from from my mom and dad, but I think specifically for my mom because I think um, there were also when I was young, there was a time I wanted this and that and this and that, and my mom said, "Okay, you know what? Let's sit down. Let me show you how I budget." And she showed me her payslip. I was eight years old. I was eight years old, and I started saving money for a couple of months to buy some roller skates. Right by the time I had enough money to buy this roller skates, I didn't want them. I was like, actually, no one is. No one has roller skates anymore, but I had a chunk of money in my piggy bank and my other siblings started borrowing money from me. So that's when I realized that, you know what, cash is king. (laughs) Did you charge interest? Yes, of course I did. Even with my mom. Yeah, I have to tell you what my son does. So he, because he's a bank account, and I mean, I'm amazed that parents don't have bank accounts for their kids, but he, they do online gaming and they have to buy stuff. I don't know. There's like things they have to buy, like special awards or I don't know how it all works. And um, so his friends don't have a bank, don't have a bank card. So they pay him cash and he charges them. I kid you not, 20 back transaction. What? <laughs> I think you have a Mashoni side there. I'm staying out of all of it. I'm not my responsibility. No, he's figured this out. Cash is king. And the guy with the cash is king. Um, and, and, and learning that money can make money. Um, and, and I think the next step really is, is trying to get them to, to invest, actually. Because saving, and I find it's also age-specific. So when they're younger, they will save towards a toy or something that they want. Um, but as they get older and they can start learning about investments and growth, um, that is that starts to become, of course, another element that you can introduce. And I've definitely seen with my two boys, one is totally disinterested. My eldest son honestly could not be interested in investing 
at all. Um, he has to put money away into his Satrix account every month. It goes off his account because um, he, he does have a part-time job and he gets pocket money. Um, and he does sort of every now and then ask how much it's worth, but you know, he's not that interested. Whereas my younger one, you know, he's like, you know, he's, he's a lot more interested about what um, he's always wanting to buy oil and things. And, and he's just more alert that way. And there's no right or wrong because some people are interested in, in investing and some are not, but it's teaching them the discipline of putting that money away for the long term. So my oldest son, whether he's in, the fact that he's not interested in it doesn't mean that we don't teach him the discipline of it. And I think that is, you can't expect your kid to go from one of be the next, um, you know, hotshot trader. That not that's not for everyone. But just teaching them that a portion of that money that they're getting every month is going into a long-term investment for them, and that's just the way it is. <laughs> <laughs> and also, Maya, what do you think about as a parent? You know, I don't want to say instead of buying toys and gadgets, uh, buy them. I, I remember with your son, you put some money away when he was born or a couple of years old. So you started putting money into the Satrix account for him, right? What do you think about that as a gift, as an alternative gift to buying toys or even buying, for, ex for example, for a parent who says, you know what, actually you can't afford to buy them everything, right? But also you need that discipline and you need to teach them those lessons. So should we be buying our kids at least, you know, putting some money away every single month for them or as a gift, also as part of the teaching to say, you know what, I'm gifting you a gift that will gift that will keep on giving. Definitely. I, I mean, we, you know, my, as that story of my son, I mean, we started off with 200 Rand a month, by the time he was 14, it was worth a hundred thousand Rand, which is significant. Um, and I must tell you what was, what was quite significant about that money is that he wanted to study this year and the, the, the fees were, were pretty expensive. Um, and because it was a private college as a, you know, and, um, and we said, fine, then if this is what you want to do, we have, there is this money and we've actually used some of it. So, so, you know, that has made, that made a really, really big difference to him um, in, in meeting something that he really wanted to do later on. Um, but I, you know, even little things like mine, for all my nieces and nephews, I would put 50 Rand away every month. You can't believe how much that venture becomes worth. Uh, you know, it, the numbers become significant and suddenly Auntie Maya is like really popular because they've got 10,000 Rand. Um, exactly. And it wasn't 10,000 Rand. I haven't given them 10,000 Rand. I've given them 50 Rand a month, you know, over time. And it's, it is, it is, that can make a really, really big difference. Um, and so I do encourage, I think if you are a grandparent, if you're an aunt, open up, uh, I mean, Satrix, you know, we've mentioned Satrix a few times. You, you can open up with next, no money. I mean, you can put in 10 Rand. You don't have to have, um, you know, a large amount of money and actually say, this is your gift that I'm giving you, maybe buy them something small to open, but say my gift to you is actually money. And I promise you, maybe when they're 10, they won't be so impressed. I can tell you when they get to 20, they're going to think you are the best in the universe. I can tell you my nieces and nephews definitely think that because I have, you know, given them real money, um, significant money. And, and I think definitely, I think giving, giving investments as a gift is, I, you find me one adult who would say, I wish, I wish my, all my family members had have given me a gift of money um, and investing for me. I mean, please, those toys, we don't know where they are anymore, for sure. But I think, Maya, um, at the end of the day, especially thinking around the fact that it's Mother's Day, I think what I'm getting from your articles is that as women specifically, we need to take care of our financial security um, that's the first, that's the most important thing, because if we don't do that, we end up 
depending on these people whom we say we love so much. Exactly. Exactly. And, and you know, it is, it, I really do. And I think for Mother's Day, the most important thing you can do is actually open, you know, look at your own finances and say, right, I, you know, what's going to happen? What happens to my kids if something happens to me? If you're such a great mom, that's actually what you should be worrying about. You should be worrying about what happens to my kids if something happens to me. Um, you know, do you have a will in place? Do you have life cover in place? Do you have a guardian in lined up? Those are the real gifts that, that you can give your kids. And of course, the ultimate is retiring and say, guess what, kids? This may not be an inheritance, but let me tell you, you will never have to pay a single bill of mine. <laughs> so, that is like a really big gift. So I think for me as a mom, that is the best gift you can give your kids. Um, and yeah, and, and, te- and twofold, your own financial independence. And then obviously they're teaching them about money, just bringing them into your world and, and talking about money in a positive way, not the way I did, <laughs> but in a way where it's, where, it's, where it's just part of the discussion around the table. Um, you know, we, go, we, we, we know we want to go on a holiday, whatever where can we go? Um, you know, how much can we spend? What, you know, additional things can we do at that holiday and, and let kids be aware of it. Um, but obviously in a way that's positive. Yes. And, and my, even in the article, I did say, I did mention that I think with kids, they are smart enough, right? If they can learn to play a, a musical instrument, if they can learn a different language, if they can do math and science, they absolutely can learn about personal finance and about money. Absolutely. And what I've always found that whenever I've met an adult who's good at managing their money, every time I've asked them, they've said, my parents taught me about money. And it's so interesting. I mean, we had the podcast last week with Katerine and, you know, even there, she said her, when her and her husband did the different uh, money, uh, those, those couple money questionnaires, she, who's good with money, was raised in a family that spoke about budgeting and money. He was raised without all of that. And it really, really, without a doubt, if you've, if your family allowed family discussions about money budgeting, I mean, look at you, you did your, your, your mother had you budgeting at a young age. So, so. I was looking at a payslip from a very young age. <laughs> you had a very young age. And, and I think that's, that's powerful. So, I, I mean, to, to, to end off this, this discussion on Mother's Day, oh, are you, apart from, from uh, what are you going to be doing on Mother's Day, what are the sort of things that you would say are recommendations you would say to another mom about raising their kids, you know, to be financially savvy? What kind of tips would you give? Um, I think the first one is that, you know, money can be a positive thing. Actually, money is a positive thing. Um, so the conversation about money shouldn't be the one that you had previously with your boys. <laughs> it should be a positive one, making them aware that actually you do have to earn money, but also be responsible with your money. Then you can enjoy it, right? I think also don't take away the fact that it is there to be enjoyed. Um, so that would be the first thing. But the second thing is to really, you know what? I want my son to be able to, to be independent and to kind of know that, you know what? Money is there. I can enjoy it, but I have to do the right things first so that I don't end up being stressed out and you know, can do the right things first and can enjoy money. Um, yeah, I think those are the two most important things, but yeah, making the conversation available at home. 
are they making it and, and bringing them into your world you know i i go go shopping with my kids so they know the price of groceries we we often do comparisons you know we are buying a tin of tomatoes and we'll say well which one's the better price and it's just those things those are opportunities all the time they're around us all the time um although i must just end off with one last anecdote about what not to do i'm very good at <laughs> so so what i did do to teach my children my money is i gave them for school lunches um i said right here's the, the budget you could go to the shops and buy the food for the week for your school lunches um, and they were unbelievably precise on spending the amount correct amount of money it's what they bought with the money. <laughs> it, was the it was chocolate chocolate bars and um i, I don't know whatever I, yeah cookie it was just and i realized that maybe we hadn't had enough on the dietary discussions in our household <laughs> You know, one last thing, Maya, uh, when I went shopping with my son, so we're going to buy a toy for him um, and, and, his, and, and his cousin. It was his cousin's birthday. So I went with him to say, okay, let's choose the toy. Do you know, we walked through aisle after aisle after aisle and he would look at the price tag. You know, it's a tiny little thing. And he would look at the price tag. He's like, mommy, this one is expensive. Then at the, last, at the very last one, he looked at the price tag. He's like, mommy, this is not good. <laughs> <laughs> so he's aware that the numbers get bigger and bigger and bigger and yeah he realized that you know what i think we need to look at something different <laughs> anyway well i hope you i wish you a wonderful wonderful mother's day um on sunday in lockdown but with your with your son and your husband and uh and wishing all the moms out there a wonderful mother's day because boy do we deserve it and mapalo especially deserves it because she has been teaching a four-year-old at home online <laughs> education and to all the moms out there who have had to do online schooling with their with their primary school or pre-primary school children you deserve a good mother's day so that's a wrap for today. Um, if our listeners would like to learn more about these or any money-related topics, they can go to the City Press website or to your website, womanandfinance.co.za or my website, mayaonmoney.co.za. And if you have any questions or comments, you can send us a WhatsApp voice note to 064-554-3959. And we look forward to hearing from you. Because we want to know what it is that you want to know. You've been listening to the My Money, My Lifestyle podcast, featuring contributors of the City Press personal finance pages.